0: Hello and welcome back to the Teachers Teaching Teachers podcast. It's 2021. Uh, 2020 was a year, but, you know, that's well and truly gone. And we are now in February in 2021. And for us here in Victoria, we have now, you know, we're we're currently in week two, you know, finishing that one. Um, back into the the groove of things, back into the grind of the school year. It's well and truly begun. The kids are back. They uh, they've had a, a a big holidays. I mean, we've had a good holidays as well, I guess. But uh, you know, something else before we uh get into the topic today, which I really want to to kind of go into detail in my experiences in in trying to create this inclusive classroom. But We've also gone through some work here at the TTT pod over the holidays. And I just want to address the elephant in the room. Not my glasses, but as you can see, the TTT pod's gone through somewhat of an upgrade. Um, and if you're on YouTube, obviously, you'll know what I'm talking about. You can see it all. If you are, of course, streaming them on your flat favorite platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, I'm going to really try and paint this image into your minds as to like what i'm talking about here but of course make it easier you can always go to youtube you can subscribe teachers teaching teachers or go to the ttt podcast on instagram or facebook but let's start with this beautiful framed logo right next to me here now this is essentially the staple piece the staple point of the podcast from now on like this is this is uh you know what it is it's my logo um and this was actually gifted to me by someone who's very very close to me and you know i appreciate it so much because you know something like this has such an effect you know people always said like oh you've got a blank canvas behind you saying oh like what can you do um and you know just that thought really i guess improves just the entire experience for me for the listeners for the videos etc and all of that so i'm like absolutely like i couldn't be more appreciative of this Um, thoughtful gift and you know it's just amazing how like sometimes your friends really can you know surprise you and like yeah just just make you feel make you feel really really supported so like this is this is going to be here uh for a very long time um unless we like upgrade this again but it's looking fantastic and i want to now introduce you to one of my personal favorite things here in front of me my wonderful Keanu Reeves. So he's actually, I'll just show you there, come for a visit to the TTT and decided to stick around because uh, he's a a fan of education, Keanu. Uh, He does like it. And this one is a personal favorite because it's based off his character in Cyberpunk 77. So for those who do know me, I am a teacher, but I'm also an avid gamer. I do enjoy my games. And uh, let's just say that Cyberpunk 77, I spent quite a lot of time on. And to find finally this Keanu, uh, Keanu piece, I'm, I'm extremely happy. And he's, uh, he's been up to some work over the holidays. As you can see, he's kind of, uh, you know, spruced up the place. Of course, I've got my beautiful mic. I've got my coffee or my water whenever I need it. And of course, the literature. Literature is priceless. Obviously, as a teacher, you know, there's so many things that we can learn. Um, we, we never really stop learning. So the more we read, the more we learn, the more we speak about what we read to each other the more we learn again. So obviously some really good books that hopefully sometimes I'll um, also speak to and also Keanu, you know, maybe on the Instagram will let you know exactly what he's been reading as well, education related. And of course, who we all need a, a nice lovely succulent uh, to add some, you know, creation to the to the pot as well so yeah anyway look that's my long-winded explanation as to what's going on but i'm super excited now to have this space it's really fun but other than that let's just get into today's episode and you know today's episode really came i i want to do some of these solo sessions a bit more often as well as obviously finding guests but i think i posted a question on instagram um asking, you know, what maybe the listeners are, things that they're thinking about, things that they'd like me to explore, um, you know, on this podcast. And and there's many of them that I've written down and I can't wait to get into them um, in future episodes. But today, uh, I thought I'd touch on, excuse me, I'd touch on this idea of, you know, creating inclusive classrooms and what that actually means, at least in my personal experience. Um, and I'm going to start this, this topic off with, you know, just something that I think is like the pillar in terms of inclusive classrooms. And that is getting to know your students as like one half of this pillar, as well as establishing a bond for them to get to know you. So we've got, Obviously understanding and getting to know your students as relationship building is extremely important in the way that you end up delivering your lessons in the way that you end up supporting your students, especially students who require certain needs and you need to cater for. Um, however, what I found is students also, at least in my experience, engage with the work in the classroom a lot more if they also understand who their teacher is. And I I talk about this thing about transparency when I speak about it, being transparent with your students. And, and this isn't, this isn't saying that you need to let your students know everything about you or everything that you do, or like, you know, what you did on the weekend. No, no, we're not talking about that kind of transparency. What, what I'm talking about is being clear with your values, your beliefs, Uh, your practices and the things that really guide how you act and the standards and expectations that then therefore it creates. And I feel when students understand you as a teacher and a person, they're more likely to, you know, feel comfortable, which we'll, we'll get into a little bit later in terms of what also helps with creating these inclusive classrooms. But something that I always do with, um, you know, new students or a new class that I have is I asked them to create this thing called an identity quilt. Um, an identity quilt, and I'll show you here, I've got a couple of copies, but they're very just straightforward, kind of, you've got an A4 sheet of paper. I don't know how well you can see that, but essentially they can split it into six. You can split into however many squares you want. And in each part or each square on this sheet, it, I've asked them to, you know provide me with something that they identify themselves with or something that they use to describe themselves. And sometimes, yes, you can get the odd, you, you just get like, Oh, I mean, I enjoy gaming. I game a lot. I like pizza. I like sport, but also, you know, sometimes you get, um, I enjoy working with, with, with new people, or I love to read or I love to write, or I love watching documentaries, you know, and these little things, can can help you you know as a teacher think about the type of delivery that you're going to do in your class to make sure that everyone feels understood and every student feels as though they are being heard and the best thing is like I don't just take these for one lesson and then leave them on my desk and never look at them again because if I did that then what's the point of doing it but what I really strive to do is getting them having their names on the students names on it so then as I speak to them, I can always speak back to these interests that they have, you know, students, students really, really, you know, um, what, what's the word I'm looking for? They're, they're not clueless, you know, students understand things. They know when you're genuine, they know when you're sincere. And I think like this helps me at least take a much more genuine interest in their lives because I start to get to know them a little bit more. Um, so I think that's the very first thing that I'd go for in terms of creating, um, you know, inclusive classrooms. But obviously, you know, a big a, another big one is like making sure that you're creating a safe classroom. Because if students feel safe to approach you, ask questions, um, you're going to get a lot more out of them. Obviously, students, you know, will react differently with different teachers. To some, they will be a lot more comfortable to approach. And with others, they they might be a bit more hesitant. But I think if you're striving to create that balanced, fair, safe classroom for students, then you're generally going to run into um, some some pretty good some pretty good some pretty good lessons. Um, I was, you know, before coming on today, I was you know looking at you know so different definitions of inclusive classrooms and like what it means to be inclusive and. And one of the, you know, sentences that really stuck out to me and I'm going to read it here was that all students are entitled to a learning experience that respects diversity, enables participation, removes barriers and anticipates and considers a variety of learning needs and preferences. You know, to me, this just kind of covers what an inclusive classroom is all about, Uh, especially this idea of removing barriers And considering a variety of learning needs. You know, when you're in a class with 20 to 25 students, no student's going to be the same in terms of what needs they require, um, you know, the support that they need, and also like just their learning ability at that time. And it's really important that, you know, we're removing all of these barriers for the students to feel as though they can succeed in the classroom. And then this is where it comes to this idea of differentiation. The old differentiation, the thing that every teacher is striving to understand year in, year out. Even when you think you have it, something else will pop up, which will make it harder. And you'll feel like you've totally forgotten how to differentiate again. Um, And me only three years in now, it's like, obviously, even though that's not a long time, I still feel as though there's so much for me to understand about differentiation. Because every year I get a new student who I haven't had that experience or dynamic with. Um, you know, I'm very lucky in my three years to, to have students, you know, who are coming into year seven, a, a grade two or grade three literacy levels, um, students who are hard of hearing students who are visually impaired, you know, all of these challenges that are put in front of these students yet to still see them attempting, coming to school, fronting up, wanting to learn, like as a teacher, you want to create that, that, that space for them to to flourish. And, and, you know, you, if the students at the center, then you're going to strive as, f- as much as you can in order to, to achieve this. So, yeah. And I think differentiation is something that I really want to explore with, with some guests, um, because I think every teacher has different strategies as to ways that they can differentiate. And I think that's extremely vital for new teachers, experienced teachers, whatever. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, another Another aspect that, that I would I would really put close to, you know, ideas of building an inclusive classroom is to really understand what you're working with as a teacher. And when I say that, I mean, like, really understand it. Not just be aware that, oh, I've got certain people who scored this on an Appland test or scored this on, a, on another standardized test or are from this type of family. But, like, really understand who you are working with out of those 20 students you know each of them what's involved because you know the other thing is every day students are bringing in baggage with them you know i remember being told this in my first year of teaching you can never understand you never know what baggage that students bringing in with them in that lesson you know maybe it's completely different from period two to period five Maybe something happened in between there and they're bringing all of this with them. You know, it's always different, which is why like also teaching provides such a, you know, challenging yet rewarding um, um, career path because, yeah, it's just something that you can really feel. But um, a few things that I, I thought about when I'm when I was saying understand really what you're working with is that schools, generally speaking. Um, leadership and the well-being teams really, you know, put a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of work into, into, um, you know, creating strategies for students with certain needs. And as a classroom teacher, the best thing you can do is just utilize these because these are not just randomly concocted, you know, people didn't just randomly make them up, but you know, evidence has gone through them. Facts have gone through them. Consultation, all of this has really gone through some of these strategies and plans to be used for these students, all to enhance their learning. So, as a teacher, it's really kind of trying to, um, you know, locate those strategies. Ask the relevant people what needs to be, what strategies have been used before. How can I, how can I implement them? Um, you know, and apart from that, then you've also got all of your other colleagues at school, all teachers who are maybe at a different school, talking about certain experiences, certain kind of, you know, situations. How have you dealt with this? How have you risen above this? What strategies have you used for this? Teachers are their best resource. Other teachers are the greatest resource. And we need to we need to get this culture where we're comfortable to share with each other, you know, things that have worked, things that have not worked. Um, you know, that's always gonna help us also create Create the best classrooms for the students. Um, one one of the big things that we did in TFA um, was the Berry Street training, and Berry Street training is all about trauma informed practice. So, you know, when when there are when there are some schools where like a heavy percentage of the of the uh, the student body uh, um, come from trauma backgrounds, you know, it's really important to understand. What are some simple strategies that are going to, I guess, help these students manage their learning better? Um, This is one example. This is one of the domains. Berry Street have five domains. This is domain three, stamina, which I'd really encourage, you know, if, if you're working in schools where there are students from trauma backgrounds, I would really encourage you to, you know, look into the Berry Street model just to be aware of certain strategies that may be helpful in class. So, you know, if you're teaching a period that goes for over a hundred minutes or an hour, or whatever it is, you know, you might have students who just are unable to focus for more than 15 minutes, yet you still have students who can focus for the entire period. So it's like, how are you delegating what you do? How are you making decisions in the classroom to, to make sure that all of these individuals are, um, able to, to progress and learn and enhance their understanding. And, you know, some of the strategies in Berry Street, for instance, is, you know, maybe you're working for 20 minutes, and then you do a brain break. And a simple brain break allows these students who are unable to focus for a long period of time to to have a little break in terms of what they feel as though they're, they're focusing on. So they have a little break, and then they can back, get back to the work and go for another 15, 20 minutes. But it also allows, you know, these students who are able to focus for the longer period of time, a chance to challenge themselves, you know? Um, so I think like, that's just one small strategy that came from like a Berry Street model, which I, I personally use, um, quite often in my teaching practice. Um, so like, yeah, it's these, to me, an inclusive classroom entails the, these elements of relationships, sense of identity, who are they, um, who is the teacher, those kind of things, shared experiences between teachers, but also teachers and students. And then that idea of transparency, you know, kind of flowing through because the relationship is going to be stronger if the students trust, you know, who their teacher is in their classroom. And that doesn't mean they have to be their best friend. It doesn't. But it means you have to be genuine and sincere in having them at the center of, of, of the decisions and the way that you're delivering your um, your, your, your classwork. Uh, one more, one more thing that I feel is relevant to this topic. Um, what I did for my master's in education, I did an inquiry project on feedback. And as I was going through this, what I realized was that feedback alone <clears throat> isn't going to enhance engagement. It's not going to make every single student feel as though they're being heard in class, which is another big factor of, I guess, creating inclusive classrooms, right? Uh, students feel as though they are heard by the teacher and also their peers. And so through you know, you know, looking at the relevant literature, looking at journal articles, speaking with other teachers, these kind of things, I found that feedback in isolation may not necessarily be enough. However, if it's partnered then with reflection and goal setting the dynamic in a way shifts because you know a lot of the time when we give feedback to students students are just like i just want to know if i passed did i get an a did i get a d did i pass do i have to do it again i don't care about what you want to say about it did i pass or not what's my grade you know and you know looking into this further it was a lot of the time it's because and i did a survey and the students said this and a lot of the times though the reasons was they just don't understand the purpose of feedback like what's the point to them for receiving this feedback um like how are they meant to use it so of course if they don't know how to use it they're not going to engage with it if they're not going to engage with it they're going to not engage in class and they're going to think that class is is not suited for them they don't feel like they belong there so You know, something that I trialed was every week, having time for the students to reflect, set goals for the week, and then I would provide feedback from the previous week's reflection and goals. And what was found was that they started um, matching the feedback and really relating it then to their, you know, reflection and their goals in order to continue improving. And what happened from here is, you know, the agency and student agency, student voice, all of these things seem to increase. And the more that they increased, the more the whole class started to participate in things. Um, And I think it's just because, you know, giving individualized feedback takes time. But if you find that there is an effective and an efficient way to do it, I think your students really start to appreciate that and they feel as though you are genuinely concerned about their learning. And that's, like I said at the start, that's probably one of the biggest things. It's, it's showing them that you're you're genuine and sincere about what they're learning, um, and their growth. And you know, if you can show that to, to students, then, you know, maybe not right away, but they're going to, they're going to give you something. They're going to give you something. And it might be very small, and it might be seven years down the track. So I've heard a lot of my my teacher friends have told me that you know it doesn't happen until eight years later, where they hear back from a student and say thank you so much for this for this class or thank you so much for this year, you know. Um, which I think goes back to you know as teachers like sometimes in the present it's hard to know what the impact is, but I think keep having trust and keep wanting to learn, and and these things will these things will come come for sure. I guess the, the final thing then, you know, is what's really important as a teacher and what was really important for me was whenever I go into a classroom, removing any assumptions that I may have about the students in that class. Don't, I I remember it was, it, it was hard, but in my first year, like, I maybe walked in many classes and I was like, oh, this student's going to be like this in um, after lunch. Or if I have them in the morning, they'll be like this. Or if I have them, on a Friday, they'll be like this. Or <clears throat> this person doesn't like this type of learning. Or, you know, ah, oh, they're at this level. I can't um, possibly teach them how to, you know, write essay paragraph structures or something like this. They won't know what a historical analysis is. You know, these kind of things, these assumptions that I've created based on just things that I've heard or observed once or twice. And if I walked in with those assumptions, what tended to happen was my, um, you know delivery in the class was guided by those assumptions and I found that that wasn't fair on the students it also wasn't, wasn't good for me because you know it made my teaching practice suffer so I think you know really working hard to reflect on your own practice and remove those assumptions that you might have um, and assumptions are different to like evidence okay assumptions are based not on facts so I think that's also important to note what is an assumption and what is an evidence-based, um, you know, statement, which is a difficult thing. But I think that also helps with, with creating more inclusive classrooms just generally. Um, so I guess the the very final thing is I want to make one big shout out to a, a certain group of, of people who really without them, you know, creating inclusive classrooms, having students Each have an opportunity to succeed and to learn would not be possible and that is the education support staff education support staff are the absolute angels in uh the teaching profession without them the job for a teacher would be tenfold times harder um you know you're dealing sometimes with 20 to 25 students many of which are at different levels of understanding and You know, you might have a couple who really need your one-on-one assistance. However, obviously, when you're dealing with another 20, that's sometimes difficult to do. And these education support staff are the ones that are like allowing these things to run smoothly, allowing you to have time with these students, but also have time for everyone else. So I really just want to say a huge shout out to all of you educational support staff. We love you. We can't do what we do without you. Please keep doing what you're doing it is an incredible job and your your work is not going unnoticed so thank you so much to all of you um yeah yeah we love you um but yeah i guess i guess as for me guys today i think that's that's really just something that i wanted to touch on um you know hopefully in the in the future there'll be more some of these solo episodes which i think will be really nice to just help me explore but ho- hopefully you get something out of it too but like I said on Instagram on Facebook please chuck me a message tell me what you'd like to talk about or what you'd like me to talk about maybe you've got some guests in mind that would be interested in coming on the pod please let me know that's the TTT podcast on Instagram and Facebook remember this will be up on Spotify Google podcast Apple podcast all of those platforms and also on the YouTube so please make sure that you're subscribed to teachers teaching teachers on YouTube as well but From me, guys, until next time, peace.